podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Towards Gabbiadini! Oh, he's hit the post and he's gone in! And one shot treated Manchester United's defence with absolute contempt. Here's Bayano, give and go with Sturridge, that's lovely! Tommy Smith, hello for Russia! That's going to be that! It's John Bolt, it's Pearson, it is 1-0 to Derby County! Chris Collins, Bolton! Hello there, this is Steve Bloomers Washing, the Derby County fan podcast with me Chris, him Richard, Oh, and that's Tom. Hello there. There's plenty of Rams news to chew over from the past two weeks. It was Russell to the rescue against Burton at the weekend to help Derby consolidate their top six place. We'll discuss those two contrasting 1-0s, along with the Rams' glamour tie against Manchester United and the festive fixtures, but we will get things underway in the usual fashion. It's who ram I number 10? Yes. Wow, 10, 10 whole ones. Yeah, into double figures for the season. Get in. Uh, Tom's got a 6-3 lead after identifying... Forgettable right back Paul Connolly last time out. We should have got that so much quicker last week. That it, was. I apologise on, on behalf of both of us for not getting that quicker. Listening back to it, it was so painful. <laughs> <laughs> Awful stuff. Just think what the actual listeners think, yeah. if that's what you think. So here is uh, who ran I number 10. I made 43 appearances for Derby County between 1999 and 2005. Six mm. years, forty-three appearances in six years. So a lot of a lot of appearances, but so he's got to be a youth. Yeah. He's got to be a youth player. Oh, sorry. That's right. Um, yeah. Okay. okay. Forty-three cool. appearances in six years. See what you make Nine of that. Nine. We'll come back to it in the uh, towards the end of the podcast. Uh, we'll also be doing another guest a goal before half time in this episode. And if you uh, can identify the goal that we commentary clip, we can play you. Then get in touch on social media. We are Steve Bloomer Pod on Twitter at Steve Bloomer Pod, Steve Bloomer's Washing at gmail.com, and we're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. But in the meantime, uh, so it was Derby 1, Burton Albion 0 at the weekend. Derby clinging on to sixth place. I say clinging on, actually, we're three points clear of Ipswich now, aren't we? Yep, and um, we, if we, yeah, and we, we could have been third if we'd had a different result <laughs> against, uh, against Ipswich. So clinging on is probably. Probably not. It's, we've had this discussion so many times about how we're doing and if we're if we're over punching, you know, or underperforming or what. It's such a tough one because we've we've put in some great performances against the top teams and struggled with the lesser teams. But you know, it's great to get back on the bandwagon. I think what's great about Rowett's team, we don't we never we don't seem to lose two on a bounce, do we? I don't think we have done. No, no. I mean, there's, there's been some been some catastrophes along the way this season, hasn't there? But we have bounced back every time. And on Saturday. I mean, from what I could see, obviously I've, I've seen the highlights. Coach, you watched the full game. Yeah, it did sort of pan out as was expected. Really, I mean, obviously Burton were very defensive. Looked like they were basically playing for a draw, and it wasn't until the eighty-second minute that a sort of a scrappy, yeah. loose ball found its way to Johnny Russell, and he sort of smashed it in from just inside the area. Um, you, said, you, you watched the whole thing, Coach. Is that you know, is, is is that basically a fair assessment of the game? Yeah, it's, it's exactly what every fan should have expected going going into it, and. Yeah, it's frustrating when you don't get the early goal because an early goal makes such a difference in those games. You often go on and win those games two or three, four nil. Well, we saw that with Sheffield Wednesday and Forest, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, Derby got an yeah. early goal and uh, didn't really relinquish control on the game after that. Yeah, so I thought we did okay, and I thought you know there's obviously some there's some obvious positives to come out from it. George Fawn had a really impressive game. 
coming back and starting. Yeah, he looked he looked really on the pace uh, for the first half. He definitely struggled second half, but that was really promising. And I thought we did okay, really. I thought we did what we needed to do. We weren't really threatened. Uh, it's always frustrating. I understand it when fans get frustrated watching those games. But you know what? You've got to get the job done. And that was what was frustrating against Ipswich. We didn't get the job done. This time we did. And it, it just makes such a big difference. Was, when Tom, was there ever a danger of Burton doing to us what Ipswich had done to us just a few days earlier? Or were they two, two different propositions? Realistically, Ipswich are the better footballing side um, between the two. But there was definitely chances for Burton. Uh, Feynman headed Ben Turner's uh, head off the line uh, from the corner. And then they had a really good chance in the last minute. I'm not sure of the guy who flashed it wide on the volley ball came in from the free kick was headed <clears throat> headed up and then flashed wide it could have been different though those two go in you lose 2-1 you go we've dominated the game um should have scored four or five haven't and we've lost it 2-1 so keep feet on the ground i think for that one i think we, we got the result we needed it's all about concentration in those games it's it is obviously there's two things there's making sure you're composed composed and can put away chances that you create and there's making sure you stay switched on at the back and just one moment, you know, one momentary lapse can un- undo a whole game. So they are tricky. They are tricky encounters. It's definitely not our forte this season dealing with those games. But if we can grind them out, then we're going to stay in those top six. Did you think? Did you think the goal was coming, or was it a surprise when when it I did come? It, uh, I was pretty. I wasn't expecting it to come, but uh, I wouldn't say it was a surprise when it did come because we had, you know, eventually you are going to create more and more. And and the, the changes that Gary Rowett made did make an impact. He brought more energy on. Rather than just bringing on more creative players and more obvious replacements, he brought on energy, and that seemed to really turn the tide. Johnny Russell was really active when he came on, and Wyman, who stayed on, became more and more involved in the game as, as it went on as well. I, I just think we're very wasteful in possession at times. I think we're very wasteful when we go forward. And two two things uh, stuck out in, as examples for that. First of all, the in the first half, a little slide roll pass from Joe Ledley, um, Martin Ols- uh, Marcus Olsen just. I, I don't know what he does. He sort of like yeah. falls over and completely misses it. I know very much, a very back, much a left back's finish that wasn't it, it. It wasn't even that. It was some. I don't know. It was an awful finish. I could have finished better, and I'm a keeper. Um, and then the other one was when Lawrence did a nice bit of skill in the middle of the park, got it wide to Vyman, and Vyman passed it to the goalkeeper. And you could see Lawrence just run off like head in hands. Like what on earth are you well, doing? Well, that's because Lawrence is a much more technically able player than, than Vyman is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> different. They, they, offer, can... they offer different things to the team. Don't Vyman they? is technically all right. He he then laid a, a nice little cushion back uh, yeah. pass back to Lawrence, who then hit a left foot shot, which was straight at the goalkeeper. And um, you just think technically he's clearly got it, but. I think he's one of those players. He struggles when he has too much time. Who Vyman? Yeah, when he, when he when he's when he's kind of through on goal or he's got to the byline, he can get his head up and pick an option. He tends to pick the wrong one or mm. doesn't execute it. When he's just got to do something instinctive, he seems to get it right more. Do you know what, more I, was, I was thinking about this. I was wondering if Johnny Russell is also a similar sort of a player. Yeah, if you look at his goal, for example, you know the ball's bobbling around. The, the, the Burton Albion defender sort of um, you know messes up the clearance, and Russell just sort of smashes it goalwards first time without really thinking about it. Yeah. Is that what he's best at as Russell sort of a best best as like an instinctive sort of impact sub? At running this point? fast in straight lines, hitting the ball as hard as he can and hoping for the best. Yeah, I mean that is that is they're both the same, which is why I like Vyman that we said last week. Yeah. Yeah, well Vyman definitely is good at running in straight lines. But um <laughs> what 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 I think is fair to say about both those players, I wouldn't ever want them both starting. Like you want if you're gonna play your two kind of uh, wingers which are quite far forward I think it's okay to have one which is like a workhorse and maybe is less effective in the final third but can make things happen and it's going to put a shift in if you've got someone like Tom, in- Tom Lawrence or before him Tom Ince as the more creative maybe you carry them a little bit more defensively Is that um, a discredit to, to Johnny Russell though do you think? No, so, I, I mean, um, you know, if, if you look at some of his other contributions this season 
his work for the well, his goal scoring record's been poor, yeah. But you know, his, his work for the goal against Sunderland on the opening weekend, it comes the in work he did against starts. Bolton. You know, I guess it's just the fact that, as we've said before several times, he doesn't do it often enough. No, who would buy him? That would be my question. Who who would Gary Rowett at Birmingham would have done? Yeah, <laughs> but like you're thinking there, that's a step backwards in terms of the the uh, the position that Birmingham were in and what Birmingham were aiming for. Derby are obviously aiming for a top ten at the the worst promotion to the Premier League, and Birmingham at that time were aiming for stability and mid table at the most. So, Chris, you tweeted. I think you tweeted yesterday or earlier this week. When when are we going to be linked <clears throat> with someone who's better than we've already got? Oh, that was somebody who tweeted. Oh, and you retweeted um, it, did you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And and I think that's a really great point because I think that's a great position. You know, the second winger, because Tom Lawrence, I think we're all happy with. You know, he hasn't quite delivered as much as we hope, but I think there's definitely a player there. Um, but I would definitely want to upgrade on the other wing and other wing position. It wouldn't surprise me to see one of Vyman or, or um, Russell go. In January, obviously, Vyman went out on loan last season, didn't he? Yeah. Had a good spell at Wolves. Obviously, they're a different side this season. That sort of leads me neatly on to what I wanted to ask you both, which is: Do we? Do you think we have enough strength in depth as a squad? I think in some we're, in, of... we're in the top six, so yeah. that would suggest we do. But but the fixtures are only going to get harder and more congested. Mm. And you know, if we have a cup run, probably not. We'll come on to that. But you know, when the cup games start piling up as well, uh, and then those sort of midweek games after Christmas, and then injury starts kicking. Have we got the squad to deal with it? I think we definitely do. I'd say the only position is the one we just mentioned, which is the wing position, because look at our strikers. On the bench, you know, Nugent and Winnell left out at the weekend. Look at midfield. Form was, comes was, in. Was Winnell fit, though? Winnell was on the bench, yeah, he came on. Okay. Yeah. And in midfield, Johnson not in the team. Huddleston rested. Yeah. Um, and then centre-back, Alex Pierce, Jason Shackle. Was was Huddleston rested or was he dropped? Well, dropped fine, either one. But I mean, I mean, I think I think he needed a breather. It was more certainly. sort of taken out the firing line, wasn't it? Which is a combination. Which, of same as Forsyth, right? Yeah. So yeah. look at that. I mean, Olsen, I wasn't that impressed with his final ball was poor. As Tom said, he should have finished that chance better. Fozzie might have done better in that in that situation, but he's been out of form. Right backs were well stocked. I think strength and depth is not a problem. I would like to see another winger. I'd like to see quality in depth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. both uh, Forsyth has had such a good. Um, time at Derby, especially in that sort of 13 14 season, he's had bad luck with injuries, but he's not the same player that we've seen. Um, and Olsen has never been one for me. Uh, I've never, never, I've never been convinced that. by him. He's, he's had his moments. I mean, it's just so frustrating with Forsyth, isn't it? Because we all know how much of a contribution he can make on his day, but mm. he's in the past sort of four to six games, he, he has been quite culpable for, for several goals conceded. Yeah, and he's, he's been he's been a bit of a scapegoat to be honest, hasn't he? Which yeah. is not which no one likes to see. But and when things go badly, obviously fans look for someone to point the finger at, and he has been at fault a number of times, hasn't he? Yeah, and for Rowett, it's definitely unlike McLaren. Maybe for Rowett, the defensive side of being a fullback is probably more important than the attacking side. So he will happily trade off someone who's a bit more solid at the back, mm-hmm. less likely to give goals away if it means losing a little bit of quality yeah. in the final third. So I think. Um... The wing positions and the left-back position is where I'd look to strengthen in January. In terms of the middle of the park, because Gary Rowett has got a proper sort of selection headache now, hasn't he? Mm. It's either, it seems that Joe Ledley is the first name on the team sheet, or one of, along yeah. with sort of Keogh, Carson, mm. Lawrence and Vidra. That's a lot of first names on the team sheet. It's the first five names on the team sheet. But It's a it's nice either, spine though, isn't it? It's, it yeah. goes right the way through the middle of the team. But it's either going to be Thorne or Huddleston. Going forward, you imagine. Yeah. Thorne started against Burton. Um, against Burton at the weekend. Yeah. Does he get a nod for you now, Coach? 
So he's had a week, hasn't he? So he would have had a week uh, to recover. So I would, yeah, I would keep him in. He didn't do anything wrong. Um, if it was a Tuesday game we were playing, then I'd say no. But um, I, I would expect him to keep his his his, his role. And I thought, I thought him and him and Ledley actually complement each other better than Huddleston did. And Fawn just moves the ball quicker. Huddleston sometimes can sit on it for too long. Um, Fawn really kept the ball moving the whole that first half particularly. He really gave us go forward. It's interesting how those two players approach the same position. Yeah. So I don't know if you noticed, but Huddleston always looks to, to chip it over the top. Yeah. And Thorne always keeps it on the deck, doesn't he? Yeah. You never see Thorne like spraying a big 40-yard yeah. pass or like trying to loft one, do you? Very rarely. Um, I, I just find it interesting, Tom, that you know those two players have very good short and long passing range, but yeah, definitely. in different ways. Uh, yeah, totally agree. And you often see with Huddleston, it's a nice little pitching wedge over the back to the to the winger. Um, but with Thorne, I think he's much more of a driving force. When he's uh, when he's on thought uh, on form, um, he picks the ball up and he will move that ball so much quicker. And I think it's much more effective. Um, a fully fit George Thorne gets into that team for me. The thing, the thing is, sorry, coach. The thing is with Thorne is that he said after the Burton game um, when he spoke to Rams TV, they're obviously like, you know, it's good to be out there. How are the legs, etc. Your first ninety minutes or your first start, um, and he said, you know, look, I'm not going to be back to the top of my fitness for another five or six games. So mm. the uh, dilemma that Rower has is that, you know, does he, if he's going to get the best out of Thorne, he needs to give him a run inside, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so he can't just go sort of playing him for a couple. Thorne has a bad game, he gets dropped. Mm. Uh, he's going to have to stick with him to get the best out of him. Do you think he's prepared to do that? He's not going to play, I don't think, all of the four fixtures or three or four fixtures we've got over Christmas. He's probably going to play two of those. So I don't think Thorne's going to mind. There's a lot of a lot of good players in there. And Bradley Johnson is... Uh, yeah, where does this leave Bradley yeah. Johnson? Again, maybe someone that could leave. Um, if we're going to offer Thorne a contract, it depends on how he how he goes because uh, he's at contract in the summer. Yeah, you wouldn't want to... You, you wouldn't want to leave yourself short in midfield often uh, Thorne another contract and then lose Thorne for another 12 months Johnson's not going to leave though is he surely well I think I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave I, I mean, mean the difference between a player who'll be yeah. if you brought in Kifton Bell does Johnson leave yeah who could leave and a player who we're willing to sell for the right fee mm. he's on a big contract Johnson I presume we're not going to get 6 million for him no um, <laughs> the, the, only, the only real problem I have with George Thorne starting more often is there's no emoji for Fawn so <laughs> I struggled with that at the weekend <laughs> what's the one for Huddleston well there isn't one for Huddleston either but you'd think that there would be a Fawn <laughs> so I was, I was disappointed that there wasn't get on it Apple <laughs> <laughs> I guess with Thorn, he he's slightly more dynamic than Huddleston isn't he you think about yeah. some of the goals he scored he is capable of making those late runs occasionally mm. whereas Huddleston just doesn't doesn't he never do looks that, a goal he? threat never looks a goal threat Huddleston unless, I, unless it's a loose ball on I, the edge of the area and he, and he, and he how is it? I still, really, I still really like Huddleston. I'm not quite sure why. It's, it's weird saying it hasn't worked out for him because he's played almost every game and we're doing quite well this season, right? In a, in a very important position. So it's weird saying it hasn't worked out for him. He definitely hasn't maybe performed as we hoped he would. But you know what? As, as Tom said, if you're going to have to dip George Vaughan in and out to get fit over the Christmas period particularly, then they're a great two people to, to exchange. They both know the system. They, Joe Ledley can be solid in there next to them. It's just a shame. Great, I think it's, great it's, it's a be. nice problem to have, I think, with two excellent players, um, one who's not fit and one who's not perhaps in the best of his best form. Um, I'm not complaining if we play one one week and another the next. So. I mean, it's fair to say we've seen the best and the worst of Huddleston this mm. season, haven't we? Yeah. We've seen, you know, those great sort of... Uh, Chip balls and, and first time instinctive through balls or got moves go in like yeah. against Leeds, 
against QPR, Sunderland as well. That big Hollywood ball against Sunderland. Yeah. Mm. You know that all all three of which directly led to goals. But then also on the other hand, you've got like sort of the performances against Bristol City and, and Sheffield United, where surrounded by sort of dynamic, energetic central midfielders. He gets overrun, doesn't he? Yeah. And I wonder. And the fact is, he is a bit of a liability when we don't have the ball. Yeah, he can be. I wonder if there's an argument that in some away games, and maybe not because we've done it well. We've done well away against the top teams, and you can play all three of them in there. You know, uh, it, it would be changing the system, but I, I would find it hard to believe that between Fawn, Huddleston, and Ledley, they can control the midfield. <laughs> yeah, you'd think they'd Definitely. be able to, but maybe you haven't got enough legs. I guess maybe Ledley is the most natural defensive midfielder the three of them in terms of the, mm. the, the quarterback position just uh, you know he's like the most positionally disciplined isn't he yeah uh, and can sort of intercept the ball better than the other two it's nice to have a left foot right foot balance in there as well yeah uh, Ledley obviously comfortably plays on the left and Thorne or Huddleston uh, on the right so I often think that looks that all four of those nice. players are sort of two footed aren't they yeah. or, or, or I guess Johnson's more left footed than right footed but we've got a good right foot you're right there's good yeah. balance in football, there, the new football manager definitely has Huddleston down as both footed yes I can it. confirm and that is the key yeah <laughs> that's what matters <laughs> so Gary Rowett said after the game he came out with a, a fairly odd quote which I'm just going to try and find here he <laughs> I haven't got the exact words but the gist of it was that he said that if the players if we beat Burton Albion he told the players they could be off until Wednesday. And yeah. if they didn't, they'd be in for training the next day, which I thought was a bit weird. Makes Short, it hard surely to make just plans. The... Makes it hard to make plans. I feel sorry I, for them. I, I, I quite like that. <laughs> Christmas shopping to do and all that, you know. It's basically saying that we should be beating this team. If you beat this team, we've got an important uh, couple of weeks coming up, uh, lots of fixtures. Um, you can have a few days off and you've obviously this reward for what you've done uh, and you've you've done exactly what I said if you lose to them we're in training tomorrow we're working out why we didn't win um, and we're, we're then training I like that Do you what think- I meant was sh- sh- isn't just the incentive of winning and staying in the top six is that yeah. is that not enough to, to get to motivate them in the first place mean, extra anything, anything extra will help and do, do you think that reps from lastminute.com saw that and like, like put all their prices up on uh, on Sunday well annual leave is pretty hard to come by this time <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They probably all used up, used up their like you know twenty five day allowance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably, like the yeah. rest of us. <laughs> um, so no, I, th- I think it's fine. You see, you see this all the time. Brian Clough is quite famous for doing that kind of stuff, and yeah. I think Fergie used to do that stuff. So I think anything. I think you're right, Chris. If everyone's professional, they shouldn't need that incentive. Uh, but every little helps, I guess. It was good to see us bounce back anyway after Derby County nil, Ipswich one. Ipswich with four shots on goal and a thirty six percent possession, and nicking it one nil. Uh, that was incredibly frustrating to watch. Uh, I, the, the takeaway that I got from that game, which I watched, was that even though a lot of people said that you know they sort of did a job on us and you know we got Mick McCarthy and, and and this that and the other, fundamentally we were pretty unlucky. You know, mm. Vidra had a great chance. Led, Ledley missed an absolute sitter from yeah. two yards out, and I came away from it thinking that it was basically a lot of that good fortune that we've had on the good run, evening itself out a little bit. I think I'd agree, having having sort of watched that. Uh, that back but it does balance out over the season I'd rather we got the luck in three or four games to pick up a couple of points here and a victory there and lost one which we should have won but you think about it if we'd have taken the if you'd taken our predictions from before uh, Fulham away great result to get a draw that's what we would want Middlesbrough away uh, we all said 
probably defeat, and then Ipswich at home we probably would say victory. So we picked up four points, and we got the luck against uh, Middlesbrough. We, a couple of those goals were uh, defensive howlers from Middlesbrough, especially Vidra's third. They obviously had a red card as well. Um, so there was luck there. I think we also played well, but there was luck there, and unfortunately it didn't happen for us against Ipswich. So if we'd have lost against Middlesbrough, and then that had happened uh, against Ipswich, it might well have been different. That is it, isn't it? It, it? The important thing to remember in all of this is it doesn't matter where the points come from no. at the end of the season, does it? Because I mean, if, if, if anything, them from Middlesbrough, yeah, actually, if anything, yeah. it's better to pick them up from teams around you. Uh, I mean, the Ipswich one, I think, really goes back to Tom's point earlier, which was just that maybe one thing we are struggling with, for whatever reason, is a lack of kind of composure mm. in front of goal. A bit of fluency there, I think. We give it away and make too many mistakes. But yeah, even it. even McLaren's side, when, when, we were, when we were playing free-flowing football under McLaren... People still came and did a job on us. Mm. It's not like it's not just, new, is it? No, it's no. not new. It's not, and it's not because we're we're not good enough at football that we can't break these teams down. Sometimes people come very well organised, and we did it to Borough, and we did it to Norwich. Like we do it to other people. It's just yeah. very frustrating that yeah. Ipswich have done it every, you know, at our place forever, <laughs> every, every season in the past <laughs> ten years. And it's just stupid that we've we turned them over three 0 at their place last season. Yeah. yeah. But for some reason, it's just one of those quirks of football that we just cannot beat them at home. They like to park the tractor. <laughs> Good. Is it? Is it? So what you've done there? 2004 since we last beat them. 2006. 2006. 2006. Speaking of goals, we'll wrap up the first half of the podcast with another guest. The goal. Uh, last in the last episode, it was of course Chris Martin for Derby against Doncaster away in 2013-2014. Uh, had a few correct answers in this one. Kevin James Wood, uh, Mark Wakefield, and Luke at l underscore dcfc on Twitter. And uh, Hucknall Ram on the DCFCfans.uk forum all chipped in with the correct answer. So well on to you guys. Here is the next clip. As I said, get in touch if you know who it is. Give us the um, obviously it gives you the goal scorer. Give us the scoreline, opponent, and season. And if you're lucky, you'll get a shout out. So we'll have more derby chat after this. One shot the target here, and he's beaten Marshall to it. It must be. It is. And it's the little Italian again. Now again. There's Villas. Asanovic. Derby have equalised. Welcome back to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County fan podcast for part two. Uh, we're going to talk the FA Cup now because the Rams have got a tantalising trip to uh, Old Trafford in January, haven't they, Tom? Yeah, excellent trip. Uh, really good draw. Um, One of our first ever away days together, that wasn't it? Man United. It was. Nine was years good, ago. That was a good day as well. You almost got in a fight with a Man United fan? No, I think I did. I think it was they were throwing chips at me. <laughs> I, think, I think it was both of us. Yeah. yeah. They weren't aiming very well. <laughs> We've been drinking for quite a while, and I think we were being <laughs> yeah, fairly, so we needed something fairly to twatish. <laughs> we needed to soak up with the This beer. was the second leg of the Carling Cup or League Cup semi-final 2009. That's right, yeah. yeah. So Derby have played Man United... I'm drawn against them. Is this the fourth time in eight seasons yeah. that we've played them? It's ridiculous. Uh, the obviously this one in January, the three-one defeat at home a couple of years back when George Thorne scored the and then the fifth round. I want to say yeah, fifth, fifth round, round game yeah. against uh, against Man United in 2009, sort of around then. And Miles, Miles Addison scored, yeah. and then obviously that two-legged League Cup semi-final in the same season or around that sort of time. Um, Kurt, should you give us much of a chance? I mean, what, what sort of team do you think Mourinho's going to put out here? I'm not sure. Well, Tom's done some research on kind of Mourinho's record on, on what he did last season, at least, in the third round. So what, what did he do then, Tom? Um, 
a mixture of first teamers and like, players who are obviously in, world class internationals. Um, who so they're playing. They played Reading at home in the third round last season, didn't they? Yeah, they had like strong players in there, like Rojo, Phil Jones, Smalling played. Uh, Ashley Young obviously would probably uh, played in that game. So couple of youth players or younger players like Fossey Mensah but generally a strong team so I'd expect a strong showing they haven't got any Champions League stuff I'd expect them to name pretty much a half and half first team uh, first choices there was an article today which I read on the BBC saying that uh, Mourinho's promised Luke Shaw some more games so it wouldn't surprise me to see Luke Shaw playing so Man United have got in, in the fixture before they play us they've got Everton away on New Year's Day and then the fixture after they got Stoke at home It'll probably roll over for them. So it's not as if they've got any particular sort of big crunch games to worry about. So, they, I mean, they can afford to put out a, a weakened team and mainly because their, their squad players and reserve players are, are as good. good as our best players, aren't they, really? Let's be honest. Yeah, I think, I think as well, last I mean, season, Mourinho definitely took the cup seriously because I think he realised quite early on they weren't going to... Uh, make inroads in the uh, in the in the league, so it'd be interesting to see how he prioritises the cup this season. Considering they are in the hunt, you know, chasing Manchester City, it's a shame it's away. I guess it's a good trip, you know, it's a good trip for the away fans. More money as well, you know, than having it at home for us. Um, so potential for a money spending replay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't another, know. I, I cup cliche in there. <laughs> it'll just be really good. The last few years, uh, last more recent years against Chelsea, United, Liverpool in cup games, we haven't really showed up. And really put in a performance which I'm really proud of. They haven't really had a game plan. I remember the Paul Clement game. It was just, it was striking how obvious there was no there was no game plan, which surprised yeah. me. Because we've, uh, we've we've had some plum ties at home in yeah. the cups in recent years, yeah. haven't we? Chelsea at home, Liverpool, uh, Liverpool in the League Cup. Played Stoke a few years ago, didn't we? Uh, obviously, I mean, Rally. Premier League side at the time. Chelsea in the League Cup as well. West Brom last year. Yeah. What what gives me a bit of hope is that um, you know Rowett it is a defence first policy, and the defence is very good. So I could see us. You know, try to do a job on them, and possibly getting getting something out of it. I'm not expecting a result, but I'm I'm hopeful that Gary Rout's the kind of manager that might get a good performance out of the, out of the players to step it up a level against top opposition. I think if we can shut down the pace that they've got with Lingard and Martial, um, or they don't play, obviously, but if we can shut that down, um, United can look quite pedestrian when you watch them at times. They they don't often cut through teams like like Man City do, for example, um, and I don't think they sort of bully teams like Chelsea have done in the past, where they sort of grind them down. So, um. If you can get over that sort of first sort of ten fifteen minutes, and then you can negate the pace of, of those uh, players like Martial, say Lingard, um, I think you're you're in for chance. Not that it's a game where your big players step up, and if if they can't play their best in a game against Man United away, mm. like we did against West Brom, you know, yeah. like they were in a bit of a run of bad form at the time, but. We, we really stepped up that day, didn't we? Yeah. And uh, and there's no chance, there's no reason why we can't do that again. And we rode our luck a little bit that day, but Abdul Kamara had a, a blinder on the left wing, <laughs> set up down bent for an absolutely stonking finish, and Tom Ince bent the free kick in. So um, that was a great day out, and it, I'm sure it'll be a great day out for the Derby fans, no matter what. Um, it's a good place to go, plenty of good boozers and stuff, and obviously a great stadium to go to. For those who won't be able to make it, chances are it'll probably be on TV because Manchester United's last 59. FA Cup ties have consecutively been on television, either by BT or ITV or BBC or yeah. Satanta or ESPN. Uh, Man United's last FA Cup game. <laughs> wow. Man United's last FA Cup game that wasn't on TV was in January 2005 against Exeter City. Wow. Really? That's how long oh, it goes I mean, back. That would be a ridiculous. good one as well. <laughs> I, I actually remember that went to a replay, didn't it? Yeah, I, I remember. I remember TV. watching the replay. Ronaldo scored. It did. Yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah, remember good, that. good, yeah. good memory. Um, so I guess <laughs> this sort of fixture always brings up that classic argument, coach, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you? Would you prefer 
a cheeky little cup run or concentrating on the league, assuming we, uh, you know, Man United do us over? It's, I hate that question because it's impossible to answer. Because if someone gives you, oh, you're guaranteed to make top six or you're guaranteed to make top two, then you're, you're going to take that, aren't you? So it's hard to say. What even counts as a cup run? What, yeah, like, like, like Wembley semi-final? Well, we haven't, when was the last time we got to the semi? We haven't. When was the last? When was the last time we got to the semi-final? We've never I been in the semi-final in my lifetime. Yeah. So there you go. The so last far. one I can remember was when we got anywhere close was when we got to the quarterfinals in 1996-97 yeah. I think and lost to Middlesbrough at the baseball ground yeah. and that was annoying because they played Chesterfield, Chesterfield yeah. in the semi-finals of course, who yeah. we could have beaten in theory so basically we could have won the FA Cup in 1997 oh we almost did I think we did I think we could just say we did win it <laughs> as good as um, like that European, European Cup against Juventus in I mean, the 70s I love a cup, I'd love a cup run but we're desperate to get out of this division and I think we've got a chance this season. You know, we're, we're in, we're more than in the mix for top six, and I would say we've got an outside chance of making top two. So, yeah. I wouldn't say rest players. I, I think you go there, you play your best team. I think normally we have. There's not normally a midweek game. It, obviously, it's no. after Christmas break. It's after the busy Christmas period, but there's not normally a midweek game on the week of the FA Cup. So I think it calms down a bit because the Christmas period is so mental. Yeah, I think it, it becomes a bit more regular. So you, I expect us to January. go there, play our first team, and put everything into it. Absolutely. Even if we like lose two one or something, Tom, like it's, yeah. it's, it's the performance that counts, doesn't it? Like giving us that impetus to really kick on in January, and February. It, it well, be. let's not forget we are absolutely appalling. Yeah, <laughs> that that is really true. Um, Obviously, uh, I think uh, it'd be really nice, as Cutch said, just to have a performance where we go out there and do ourselves proud, even if we lose like two, three nil or something. But as long as we can, we can be there and sort of say that we gave it actually a go because the last few times we played against the the top sides, um, it's been a bit boring. It's been disappointing. Yeah. Um, and we haven't put we haven't played as well as we could do. So I think this Gary Barrett team, I'm hope I'm hopeful that we put in a blood and guts performance. As I said, I think uh, I think it's a great opportunity for Gary Rowett to show that he is a manager that can have a game plan against a top team. Because you know, if we if he's going to be the man that takes us to the Premier League, he's going to have to deliver that a lot when we go to the Premier League. So it'd be great to see him put together a game plan that frustrates the opposition and, and create something for us. And it's, so it's a great it's a great test. It's another great test of Gary Rowett as our manager. Mm. We shall see. Well, that fixture comes after. A, bit, a big cluster of obviously fest- festive games. So next up for Derby is, uh, at the time of recording at least, is uh, Barnsley away at the weekend. And then it's Villa at home, Millwall at home, Hull City away on Boxing Day, who've just sacked their manager, of course, and Ipswich away on the 30th. Um, sort of a pretty medium uh, run of fixtures there, Kutch, I'll say, in terms of difficulty. I mean, there's no... Well, obviously, Villa's the easy one, right? In, in, with our track record. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Millwall and Barnsley are going to be um, uh, banana skins. That, that That's what's weird about this season, is that I look at that, and unfortunately, it means that when we go to Villa away, the fans are going to expect something now. Villa at home. Sorry, Villa at home. Even so, the fans are going to expect us to get a result against Villa, because we've, we've been turning over the big teams this Do season. Do you think? Yeah, I think so because we're, you look at our track record against the teams in the in the, in the top top six, top eight. I always expect to win when we go away from home, no matter who we're playing. <laughs> it's, it's ninety minutes. It's eleven against eleven. We can do this, lads. We're, um, we're home against Villa. Yeah, yeah, but still, <laughs> the, the, the point stands, right? We're doing well against the top teams. Whereas Millwall, I mean, good luck, lads, because our record against the lesser teams this season is, is pretty poor. It, it'd be good to from those five fixtures that you just read out. I think three wins and a draw. Ten points should be the target. Two get points a game. Um, 12 points should be if we're going to really consider being top two 12 points is in this uh, so 10 points would put us on 45 points before the turn of the year and that's yeah. that's that's almost top two pace isn't it yeah 
No, and we are almost top two places. It's just a shame that we had a bit of a slow start and that Hull and that Cardiff and Wolves are, are sort of haven't really showed any signs of letting up so far. Because based on October, November, December, we've been right up there, haven't we, Tom? Yeah, definitely. I think um, we're certainly in that, that playoff mix in terms of the form. It's just obviously a slow start. Um, I think this is a really crucial period for us because we have traditionally done well in December. We've There was a nice stat from Sky Sports that we're the only team in the last seven years to be top of the... Uh, form table in December not to get promoted uh, I think we've done that twice so yeah, that was a cheap shot from them wasn't it yeah <laughs> uh, traditionally like, good in this period and then we fall away in January February March time so it'd be nice to continue that um, and then it'd be nice for Varrick to put the uh, the wrongs of the past to bed in the next few months I want it'd be interesting to know how much Rowett's actually looking at that or if he has uh, has it been has it been mentioned internally that traditionally Derby have a terrible January and February hopefully he knows that and what what are the reasons for that? Why do the wheels seem to come off at that time of season? I've got no, I've got no um, answers to that question. It was around this time that it started going wrong for Clement, wasn't it? And yeah. then we sort of didn't win in about five, and yeah. he lost his job in late January, early January February, time, yeah, sometime around then. I mean, that, that's not going to happen this season, though, is it, Coach? Let, I, don't, <laughs> sure. I hope not. I don't think so. I mean, I think as we've said a few times this season, we. The games are kind of a lot of the games have been on the knife edge. There's been a few that haven't. Hull, for example, Borough. Even when we won three 0 at Borough, it was still you know maybe kind of a bit of a Houdini act. But so I can I could see that maybe things could swing against us and we could lose a few one nil rather than win mm. a few one nil. But I don't think the wheels. I don't see the wheels coming off. Rao, it seems like he's got everyone on yeah. side. We, uh, if we score first in any of these games, um, <clears throat> I back us to to hold out. Um, we don't concede many at home. Um, and I think if we score first against the likes of, sort of uh, Barnsley, Millwall, etc., I think we can, we can, we should be able to beat. And there's not many games a season where we've scored first and thrown away leads, is there? Brentford, yeah. Bristol City, we're one 0 up at half time, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. And got blitzed in the second half. But I can't on, think of any others apart from that. I don't think we've conceded an equaliser at home all season. I read that somewhere the other day. So that doesn't sound true, but I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> Look it up, see if it is true. Call me out. Let's call it. Let's say it's true. Why I not? Mean, we've conceded at home, like first, but then we haven't conceded where they've equalised against us. So if we take the league. We don't concede. And it's interesting now, coach, that obviously Wolves and Cardiff, as we've said, are putting away a bit. Yeah. There's sort of a bit of a cushion between them and the playoffs. But then it's I can't remember the exact order, but Sheffield United, Bristol City, Villa, and oh. Derby separated by two points. So yeah. you know they had that amazing start. And um, to be fair, they both turned us over this season, but we're within two points of both of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, as as we said, you know, if we if we had beaten Ipswich as we should have done, we we would be third right now, and everyone would be a lot happier. I think uh, I think you're right, both right. The, ne- the next the next well, the whole of December is crucial uh, for us, and it'd be great if we're still in the top six. I'd be happy if we're still in the top six come the end of December. It'd be great yeah. to move up the top six, maybe into fourth. You fourth talked about beating Ipswich and going third there, which obviously. It'd- it's I'm, crazy no, I'm, I'm never going to say that I wish we. Uh, I'm glad we lost, but I just wonder if we had beaten Ipswich and gone third, because you, Tom, you talked about in the last podcast how we're sort of under the radar at the moment. Yeah, we're not being talked about um, because other teams, are, you know, have got, have got better stories than us this season. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if uh, I don't want to say we would have peaked too soon, but it's all about pacing yourself, isn't it? And uh, you know, I saw a couple of tweets after Ipswich saying like, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Which is, which is completely out of perspective, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's what it's two defeats in sort of twelve or something like that. You it's know, two steps forward, one step back, maybe. But over the, over the course of the first half of the season, we've been doing absolutely fine. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. think maybe if we'd have gone third, well, definitely. But considering that 
it might have put the attention on us that has made us cave in previous seasons. De- definitely considering that expectations at the start of the seasons had at the start of the season had lowered. People people so, weren't yeah. fans weren't talking about getting top two. They were thinking about can we let's try and get in the top six again. So um, I think I think it's surprising how people are quickly getting frustrated at the moment when we when we lose one game. Considering we never lose two in a row, we're always bouncing back and we're probably performing at or above expectations so far this season. I remember Nigel Clough used to say that if you can't win, make sure you don't lose. Unfortunately, he did lose a lot, though. <laughs> he did. But, but he did. <laughs> but he Gary Rowett seems actually quite good at making sure we don't actually yeah. do that. The walk the walk, as if, well as Tom if, you look, if you look back at sort of Clough, he instilled that sort of, um, we, we shouldn't lose and we were a bit like gritty and horrible. I remember playing Crystal Palace, we needed a point to stay up. It was about third from last game of the season. We had a corner in the last minute to, and it was one all. Uh, we took it short and held it in the held it in the corner I think I kicked the chair in the southeast corner as it was then <laughs> and uh, walked out and I was just I couldn't believe it but that's what that's the type of manager he was he's a percentages person and like you win you win more than you lose if you play play the game right and that's how that's how he works yeah I mean I, I think Gary Rowett's got it got it bang on I, I'm, I'm really liking him I'm really yeah. liking him this season I trust I definitely trust in him and uh, I think he'll see us through this December period quite well. Yeah, I trust our defence and I trust the team a lot more than I did in the last two or three seasons. Well, you talked previously, Tom, about cutting out the sloppy mistakes. Mm. Do you think we've done that now then? Um, I still think they are there, but um, I think it's a lot better than it was. If you think about how we used to, like, the ball used to go in the box uh, over the last two or three seasons and it was like, it was awful. Like, you just the, the nerves in, in, the, uh, in the stand, you could feel the tension. Whereas now the ball goes in the box, and I said to you after the Fulham game, and you kind of disagreed, but I think I was slightly higher up. I didn't really feel threatened when Fulham uh, went forward as much as, um, as much as I did against Brentford. And I, I thought we actually defended the ball well. And yes, we let the crosses come in, but there was no one there to, to finish them off. And I think, it was, I think we defended it well. And I feel a lot more confident in keeping the ball out. I think I'm, I'm feeling more and more as if the Reading game was the exception rather than the rule it was just a freak result mm. really and we just didn't turn up on the day so if you look at the goals we conceded since we lost Fulham, Fulham was just like a um, a free kick that, that beat Carson for pace Yeah, and the Ipswich goal was like an early set piece that barely crossed the line uh, where we just switched mm. off for a split second and, and the uh, the goal scorer got goal side quicker but apart from that we, we haven't really been carved open from from memory, really, it have is, we? So. No, we haven't. And it is it is a game though that if you're going to play that kind of tight margins game, then when, when you're not scoring lots and lots of goals, you're not creating lots and lots of goals, then you can't afford those. You don't you don't leave yourself much room for manoeuvre if you do have a slip up or you do make two mistakes in one game rather than just one mistake and they and they, yeah. and they, they put two in or put <clears> one in. So it's but it's it's working, right? I mean, as we said, we're we're sick from arguably could have been higher. So very much in the mix, and yeah. I I do think when you look at those teams above us, I think Wolves will stay the distance. Cardiff think the jury's out and they haven't got the depth that Wolves have got. Villa should stick in there and possibly threaten for that second place. But the rest of the, you know, I'm not that impressed really with the with the overall quality of the teams above us. I mean, there's there's room for us to improve certainly. I just think Villa is an absolutely massive game. Yeah, if you could I thought that about Middlesbrough right. as well, and we and we completely turned them over. So yeah, I, I do think I do wonder if we've got enough to to beat Villa at home. But then I said that about Middlesbrough as well. So Rowett's defying a lot of expectations this season, and they're still especially away. Terry, aren't they? Oh yeah, he's out for a few weeks, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. probably a shame with Vyman and Johnny Russell going in. I personally, I'm absolutely heartbroken for the guy. I mean, he's a character <laughs> that just elicits so much sympathy from yeah. the wider footballing community, isn't yeah. he? And um, I wish him, I wish him all the best. Don't we all? 
I'm sure we're pleased to hear that. Um, so we'll wrap it up for this week or this episode with Who Ran I Number 10? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at you both limbering up <laughs> as if it's an actual physical competition. I've actually got neck aches. So. <laughs> Just stretching to make sure that the uh, jaw says Tom quick enough. At the start of the podcast, I told you that I played 43 times. Wow, I didn't know that, Chris. For Derby County. <laughs> Get that one quiet. I keep, it, I keep it under my hat. I this person played 43 <laughs> times for Derby County between 1999 and 2005. Cut. Oh. Tom, did you accidentally say Kutch? <laughs> no, he said Kutch. Not so. a strong start for you. Uh, Kutch, go ahead. Okay, I think he might be... I don't think he's old enough, but I'm going to say Richard Jackson. Oh, that was my shout. Incorrect, Tom. Oh. My second shout was uh, Paul Boateen. Yeah, that's my second Also shout. incorrect. Oh. Richard Jackson. <laughs> Richard Jackson was yeah. what an underrated forgotten fullback yeah. Richard Jackson was yeah. defender right left <laughs> always, he always, always he, was a, he was like a ratter as uh, someone would say <laughs> I had him pegged for a future who ran I but oh, I guess I'll have to bin that now give that next season um, yeah, I'm aware to. of how long this took in previous episodes I'm going to give you the killer clue in clue <laughs> no, two no 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 don't no, give us, we, uh, we've, give got, us... we've got plenty of answers here we're confident I, I'm not confident <laughs> I am I am confident clue number two I'm a goalkeeper Tom uh uh, Andy Oakes. That's correct. Yes! Oh, <laughs> God. Basically, it could only be Andy Oakes. I told you it was a killer clue. <laughs> it was Russell Holt uh, Mark and Poom, Oakes. Mark Poom and Oaks. Oaks was a third keeper. Just think, uh, t- Tom's, Tom's gears just, just click it. Just that crap fraction of a second quicker. Richard Jackson in there. <laughs> that, was, that was rapid. <laughs> Love Richard Jackson. Who, oh. What's he doing? We should get him on the pod. We should, yeah. Richard Jackson. I don't even remember. Andy Oakes played 43 games. Yeah, Darwin. yeah. He was, he, was very, he was very much an understudy to like... Yeah. Camp in his first stage, wasn't he? I remember no, being like Grant and then Camp. Um, but yeah. wasn't even before then with like Martin Taylor and Russell Holt in the promotion season? Was he not around? No. Martin Taylor was long gone by then. Yeah, by '99. Yeah, but I mean, he he was around. He was like the third goal. He might be 15 never, years old in the academy. Like, kind of yeah. Anyway, seven yeah. three. Oh, it's daylight, isn't it? It's like, it's like England in the ashes. Just just when Kutch was looking to claw his way back into the Richard contest. Jackson had long shoulder length of hair there's no use describing him <laughs> describing an incorrect answer I don't think he did in my, in my dreams he did you don't get you don't get points for your working out especially when it's wrong never mind well we're going to try and cram in one more episode before Christmas yeah. Christmas special in a couple of weeks on I, yeah. the 21st do we reckon yeah. once we've uh, once we've compared diaries um we're going to bring the tinsel, bring the carols. Bring... I, might, I might write you a Christmas quiz for you two. That'd yeah. be brilliant. Derby That'd County be... Christmas quiz. Look forward to that. Saves me good. doing all the work. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time you did something. <laughs> I don't do anything either, do I? <laughs> so yeah, one more episode before Christmas. Then we'll have a bit of a break. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. Do send us your feedback and please do try and spread the word if you've enjoyed the podcast. As I said, we're on Facebook, on Twitter, at Steve Bloomer Pod. We're on Instagram, Please do hit that subscribe button on iTunes. You'll get the latest episode as soon as it drops or hit follow on SoundCloud and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Richard, cheers. Thank you. Tom, congratulations once again. Thanks very much. Cheers. See you, see you again soon.